You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the 31st of March, 2022. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Weights and Biases. And, uh... Got an interesting show for you today. We're talking Google Analytics 4. And before uh, you all recoil in horror, um, A, get used to it. Google Analytics 4 is coming along in 16 months. And um, it's the environment that we're going to be working in. Um, so uh, A, you best get used to it. And B, if you are going to be getting used to it, get introduced to it by, um, by uh, uh, industry experts. And we're lucky to be joined by one. Alan Connect from Connectology is uh, is on with us. Uh, welcome to the show, Alan. Nice to be here. It's it's always good having you here. Uh, quick disclosure: um, a few years back, Alan and I were business partners, but um, that uh, not doesn't change the, the 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 nature of the interview. Alan's going to be <laughs> Alan is a one of the industry's recognized experts in analytics, and he's going to be explaining the. Um, the intent and transfer over to GA4. Alan, when, when we, we had you on um, about a year ago when um, Google introduced GA4. Is, is, isn't that right? Yeah, it's actually over a year that they introduced it. It's, really? Uh, over. Yeah. yeah, but it was such a bad initial launch that most people did, just thought it was, okay, it'll go away. So about a year ago, they basically said, we're now out of beta, and that's where the status was, but really it was still in beta because things kept changing. Well, indeed. Like, does, this, does that term even mean anything uh, when it comes to Google products? Eh? Because we're in a transition phase. Um, Google's not testing GA4 anymore. This is the product that, that we're going to be using, isn't it? That's it. There's still a lot of weird little bugs in it that you know get reported up the chain. And per school has basically two... I'll call it two tiers, even though there's probably about four tiers of people they notify. So they have their big analytics firms, and we'll drop names here, who get inside information of what's happening. They get some high-level training on stuff before it's made public. They're all under NDAs. Fantastic. You know, those people seem to, you know, hit the ground running. Then there's the people like myself who are on various lists uh, you know, have my ear to the ground on any changes happening in the world of analytics, and we find out things a little bit sooner than later. Then there's the general public who don't know anything until they go to do something. Um, I think a lot of SEOs who should have started working with GA for um, 12, 18, or maybe even 24 months ago, and given we've been dealing in plague time, it's uh, it's, it's hard to tell what's what. <laughs> um, but 
I think a lot of SEOs still feel like the general public when it comes to um, understanding GA4. And again, they've had ample time to play with it. And they still have 16 months to, to play with it and learn it and uh, understand it. But um, what was the – there was almost a visceral reaction against it when it, when it first uh, came out. Um, why? Yep. Well, when it first came out, as I said, it was, lack of a better word, junk. It, half the time you went to do something, you'd get errors. You just couldn't get it running properly. So about a year ago, though, that phase had disappeared. Google said, it's basically not, you know, not in beta anymore. Go and start using it and learning it. And I was just communicating with somebody recently. This was the same reaction people had when Google launched Universal Analytics and was at, trying to bug everyone to switch over from Google Analytics, before it was called Universal Analytics, which really was GA2 to GA3. Uh, and people, oh, I can't do this. It, I don't know where this is located. It's so hard. The data is so confusing. And they stayed off it until Google said, okay, here's the date. And if you don't switch over, your data is going to stop. Back then, they gave people six months. But at least if you did the switch, your data flowed, continued to flow into the same Google property in the same views so you have to make the switch or else you stop getting data well yeah but I mean, the, 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 that that jump um from ga2 to uh universal analytics or ga3 um that that wasn't as uh um how, how to say this visible like many of the metrics were the same um we're measuring you know users and visits and it was um based on the cookie model this is right this is this is this is almost a jarring difference it's a jarring difference because one is the old version of Google Analytics, and this goes to all the most of the old analytics tools. We're still based on analytics tools from the late 90s, early 2000s, which were log based. We're going to record activity in a log file and we're going to process that log file. And that gave you certain information, and yes, they enhanced the cookie tracking to identify users. And that's great. The new way, and Adobe Analytics has been doing this now, I don't know, for three, four years, is called event-based analytics. So it's a whole different way. Basically, instead of recording absolutely everything the user does, and you know, every time a page loads and all the information that's available, we're going to record specific events and only record the information that the you that the analytics user or client, as a probably better word, wants to collect for that interaction. So when you load a page, what information do you want about that page? We're not going to capture everything. So that's where the big change is. And that's one of the hardest things for people to wrap their head around. They were so used to putting either the simple universal analytics script on their page, or maybe they were using Tag Manager because you want some enhanced reporting. Put your Tag Manager code on and basically... I had to do a few little things, but everything was easy. Now I actually have to stop and think about what information I want to capture when a page loads. We also have to remember, I remember when tracking users by cookie, you know, people forget that and when it comes to user tracking, when we first start tracking users in the early analytics tools, it was by an IP address because everybody was on dial-up ISPs and you were given an IP address. Well, that didn't work well for returning visitors. Then, er, then we started getting people, organizations like if you remember AOL, where you could have ten thousand people coming on the same IP address out of uh, various cities in Virginia. Mm -hmm. So, so then we said, okay, we're going to do a combination of web browsers and IP addresses. Well, we still had issues where people working in companies started having co regular connections that. The office had its own IP address and everybody was on a standardized browser. So everybody at that office looked like one person. So then came the cookie. Great. Now we have a whole other issue, which is everyone's concerned about cookies. And I wrote about issue why people shouldn't be afraid of cookies 20 years ago. But the Europeans especially are, oh, how dare you put a tracking cookie on me? I don't want you to have these things. And more and more people are saying no to cookies. So how do you track a user? Do we go back to IP addresses or do we come up with some other mechanism? 
And that's part of what Adobe's addressed with their audience manager and what Google is trying to address is with their GA4. And that's and with that is a fundamental shift on how we have to think about user interactions and how we track individual users. Now, I'm going to, there's, there's so many directions, like everything you've just been talking <laughs> about, I can unpack like a hundred different things. So there's, there's a bunch yeah. of directions I'd like to go, but I'm going to circle back to the question I had before you started going. And now I've got like a bunch written down as well. So we're <laughs> okay, perfect. a million different directions. But um, one of my big pet peeves, like, Personally, one of my pet peeves doesn't involve tracking because you're right, there's pros and cons to it. And I, I'm really digging in over the last couple of weeks. But, um, you know, there, there, there's pros and cons. We're, we're going to cover those a little bit later. One of my big pet peeves is that's all well and good. And we're all talking to a bunch of SEOs and we're all hanging out like a bunch of SEOs. And that's fantastic. And I picture my dad launching analytics for the first time with this wonderful little event-based thing and virtually no decent reporting whatsoever to answer the questions in the default interface. What does Google need to do to let my dad, okay, let's pretend my dad didn't have an SEO as a kid, right? But like, <laughs> what does Google need to do to actually make the new analytics function for, for the everyday user, for the user who isn't going to spend weeks investing into or, or days or weeks investing into learning um, the ins and outs and might not have the money uh, to pay a, an expert such as yourself to do it. What, what does Google need to do for them? Well, I, before I answer that question, I will. My personal opinion, I think Google's trying to jettison those types of users. That's a personal opinion. They don't want the novice, the super small business. Their goal is to get the bigger people involved who and then try to get us to upgrade to a paid component of analytics. So that's my personal opinion why they're doing this in the way that they're doing it. So the next part is if Google wants to retain those people, and I understand, you know, part of what most people don't understand is that GA4, and it's part of what the paid version of Google 360 was out there, which allowed you to work with a data warehouse. The whole purpose is to dump your data into a data warehouse and they use data visualization tools to query your data. And for those who don't understand, we can go into that in a bit later. So I think what Google needs to do for the average or typical analytics user is come up with some better pre-made templates with Google Data Studio, which is a free tool, and simple instructions on how to connect that to your Google Analytics 4 and there you will have your reports with a much easier to use interface. And that's really, if Google wants to do something nice for everybody, that's what they're gonna do. That's part of what I'm working with with clients now is saying, I've had, I had clients uh, who are very senior marketing people who hated the interface in uh, universal analytics. And we've been using data visualization tools. I don't need to see 50,000 metrics and KPIs. Here are the six that I care about. Put them on one page for me. And okay, so that's where, where it really comes down to. One thing is an SEO that uh, 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 worries me about GA4, but also I can see a, I can see a lot of um, utility for it. But to do the job as an SEO now, you really have to have a development team that you're working with. The days of the, the standalone hand, hands-on SEO are, are long over. And working with devs requires a lot of standardization or a lot of explanation, one or the other. So standardization saves on time, right? Every client's needs and KPIs are going to be slightly different. And this is a cool thing about GA4 because it lets us set the... Uh, the events and basically we're, we're, we're setting our own conversions. This is, these are the things that are important and the other stuff we can filter out. How much extra time um, are going to have to be, I'm, I'm not sure, and I don't know if you, you'll have an answer for this or not, Alan, but I, I, can, I, I can anticipate a bunch of extra time just debating what the important metrics are and then um, normalizing having different metrics for different clients with your dev team. So that's an excellent point, Jim. And this is one of the things when I've been working with clients, when they bring in as doing an analytics audit or something else, they say, 
what are your KPIs? Do you have a measurement plan in place? And then they all look around the table and go, what's a measurement plan? So that is something I've been uh, promoting for 10 years, if not more, that companies needed this proper measurement plan. And you cannot, should never have used Google Analytics as it was out of the box. But being small businesses and not understanding anything, they just thought, well, if Google's doing it, it's giving me the information. So that, that exercise is now even more important to mid-sized to large organizations for their marketing team to sit down, to find their measurement plan, for their SEO, for their paid advertising, for their SEO advertising, even for their usability people. Because believe it or not, if you're working for a large organization that has a usability team, they're using analytics to evaluate how changes in user interfaces affecting things. So each group is going to have that exercise. And then it is a serious effort. And I'm working on some templates right now for some based on you know experience with clients and moving them onto GA4 to make my life easier to for that conversation to start recording and all the customizations. And so really it's companies were taking the easy route. Now we're forcing them back into do a proper measurement plan, define what your goals are for different efforts and come up with those no more than six per, you know, KPIs per group or department that are relevant and now work and let's find out where the, where they overlap and how can we track those events as key conversion points and we'll take it from there. Looking forward, um, there are way, there are um, metrics that are, um, I guess, sort of uh, uh, industrial standards. Um, number of uh, users, number of new users, time on time spent on site or, or spent on a specific page, uh, bounce rate. How many things that we consider to be the uh, bedrock metrics do you think are going to carry over into GA4, and how many of them should carry over? I, it's, I'm going to say probably 90% are going to carry over. I'm, as I'm working with clients, we're slowly discovering ones that are not there. The biggest and most obvious one to users is bounce rate. And I wrote an article, I can't remember how many years ago, about why you shouldn't care about bounce rate. To, you know, used to be a definition of bounce rate is the user came, saw, threw up, and left. But is that really truly a bounce? If they spent any time on your page... They're making a decision. Do I want to continue further or not continue further? So really it would be time on landing page. So something like that, GA4 makes it easier now as it has a little switch. Yeah, track time on page and you can customize how often it ticks off time on page. And then you decide, I expect someone who comes from an SEO effort, comes from a Google search, how much time are they spending on the page? Are they spending less than 10 seconds on the page? Before we used to call that, if they didn't, we didn't know how long they spent on the page unless they clicked to go to the next page, unless you had to set up a timer. So things of that nature are gone, but we have to rethink it. It's like, what is my expectation of what they did on that page? If someone spends 30 seconds on that page, is that a successful one page visit? So we have to start rethinking and that's gonna vary between organizations. One of the ones from an SEO perspective that I'm shocked we cannot do, and I'm still trying to figure out a way to do it. And through somebody uh, I'm working with, we've put out a challenge and always come up with it, is if someone comes to your site from search engine, from organic search, mm -hmm. we know that. That's not gone away. We can track how many new visitors, visitors, how long they spend. Great. But now they converted. They bought something. They registered for something. And we want to equate that to which landing page they came on. Because uh, for my old days, when I used to do SEO, we want to know what landing pages are being more effective. Because if one is having you know, a 10% conversion rate versus one that's having a 0.2% conversion rate, we want to focus on the one with the 10% conversion rate and get it ranking even better. It does not have a way, as far as we can find, that we can equate the landing page from SEO. So we're now having two criteria. It came from organic search. We want to and equate it back to a conversion. Can you, can you so do that, customer journey? It's, there are customer journeys, but this is where we're trying to come up with certain events and it might be 
a custom solution. So I'm working with some people. We're trying to come up with a solution for that particular issue. Of course, you need a nice site to play with to come up with it. And many clients don't want you playing on their site and publishing things. So there's going to be a few, uh, you know, metrics. It might be setting up an audience definition or something of that nature or triggering something, but it's, it's going to be very tricky uh, going forward on some like that. I have some ideas and I'm bouncing around people. What are the risks? What are the pros of it? So those are things that we may or may not get down the line, but most Met key metrics. Uh, what channel brought the user to it? How much? What's the conversion rate for that channel? Those are staying there. Average length on site. The numbers are going to look different from the old Google to the new Google, but they're there. How? What are the average number of page views or screen views? They're there. So most metrics are not going away, but it's putting the onus on the user now to define a key performance indicator better and to use other functions to do that, to use data visualizations and tools of that nature. Now, one of the problems I, I can see coming up, and I, I've created my own problem now by solving my own problem past me, um, but that I can see coming up, but we're just not encountering it yet, is transition from agency to agency. And, and what I mean by that, like I, since GA4 launched, actually, since it was like web plus app, I was installing this stuff and just going, just collect me some data one day, I'll need it. Um, and, but I don't know what I'll do with it. Now I, I'm experimenting with it more and finding, and, and I, I hope you can, you can tell me I'm, I'm wrong here, but I'm finding, I basically need to tell it everything I want. Otherwise it doesn't collect it at all. Whereas the old one used to just sort of like, uh, you're sending in parameters. It's, it's got event data in there somewhere if you're sending it as an event. Now we're having to configure that event and go track this one specifically. It's not just collecting it automatically. Are we going to hit an environment where, you know, a year, two years, three years from now, where we're going from one SEO to another, I'm coming in, you're <sighs> coming in, looking at this going, you're not tracking the right thing. And I have no way to reverse engineer it. Like I have no capability to go, okay, before this date, like, my, my comparison data will just be missing. And, and for, I mean, it, it still happens if you're not configuring your event data, but I find universal analytics collected automatically stuff that, that, that GA4 just doesn't. Is that, am I missing something in there? No, you're not missing anything, but using the old universal analytics with many clients, we used tag manager and we were collecting specific events for conversions. So yes, the general stuff that UA collected and plethora and he, taking up huge amounts of you know storage space at google a lot of that is gone we're just collecting the bare essence right now and it's up to you to define and this is where i think for example the seo community should on their own sum out and say hey yes this is what we need to ask from our clients to start collecting if they're using ga4 but the issue that you brought up is the same thing I've observed where I was doing some work with some financial institutions and other big institutions that were using Adobe Analytics. So I'm not going to pick on GA here. And they switched marketing agencies. And of course, those were Adobe's event base for years. And the agencies came in, well, we need this information. Where is it? Oh, well, we were collecting, we're collecting this. What? Who told you to collect it that way? So this has existed and it's not just a Google problem. So that's all I'm going to put out there. This has existed across platforms and across agencies. No agency has come up with a standard. This is the data you need to collect. Now, yes, with universal analytics, if you were collecting some basic type of things for KPIs, it was there. And if you knew how to dig, you could get it. But if you were concerned with such as, well, we want to know what percentage people are reading down an article or how long are they spending in the article section of the site? And if you didn't come, if you're, new client had never set up time on page tracking, you don't have that information. So how are you going to compare that you're doing a better job bringing in higher quality organic search traffic? You know, I, I, I have to appreciate how fair you're being, but I'm an SEO, so I'm just going to keep blaming Google. I, I'm just... <laughs> well, it's Google's changing things. Uh, and I understand part of, you know, if I put Google's hat on, if I think of Yes, we know Google is worth billions. And, but if we think of all that 
data just being dumped into their backend data storage, where most organizations at best are using 10% of that data on a regular basis, they're saying, yeah, we'll give you 10% of your data. Now, someone like an SEO maybe was using 30 or 40% of that data. You're the one, we're the ones who are hurting. The, and what a lot of people are not aware of right now is if you were using Google 360 previously, you had the option of using a big query backend database. Hmm. Now with GA4, Google's, and that cost, having a big query database costs money. Now with GA4 being free, they're actually giving a free limited size uh, big query database. Now you have a data warehouse. Of course, 90%, not even higher, of people using Google Analytics have no idea what a data warehouse is, don't know SQL, and don't know even how to use a data warehouse. But now for the mid-sized companies where they're hiring professionals who do have these skills, we now have the ability, which didn't exist in GA4, or what it did, but it was extremely complicated, to take our quality data, our events that we're tracking, put them into the BigQuery database, suck in data from a corporate, whether it's their backend e-commerce database, whether it's an employee database, whether it's a customer database, put that also into the BigQuery database. And all of a sudden we now have merged data to draw our queries and our, our internal reports from. So now it's down the line for big companies, it's gonna make life easier, eventually. <laughs> and that's something that we have to you know, consider, you know, that, and that's also I think who Google's targeting as with this upgrade they want people in there and they're going to go, wow, we, we keep exhausting the limitations of this BigQuery database. Google, what do we need to do to get you know, more? And they're going to say, here, give us your credit card. Do this upgrade. <laughs> and no, Google you know, this is the that. cynic in me, but I can see this from Google's perspective saying, how can we actually now finally monetize this? Right. And that, and that makes perfect sense. Um, a couple of follow-ups here, Jim. Sorry, I'm just no, go for in it. here. Go for it. Um, I, I, you, had talked, too. you had talked about Tag Manager. This is like a couple answers ago. Is it basically like I've been using it for for ages? But I do see it as it's almost mandatory now with with GA4. Like you didn't kind of have to push events. You could like rely on a lot of like you know, things in the URL structures or, or something with universal analytics uh, a little more reliably. But is this basically like, if you care about GA4, you're learning Tag Manager as well. Is that just now that the environment folks are in? You're 100% correct. Technically you can run GA4 without Tag Manager, but even in the GA4 documentations, it now isn't a recommended, it is highly recommended. <laughs> Um, and do you think they're going to get like, cause I, I, I'm going back to my dad. Um, and do you think they'll get better with like that, that search box they have up at, up at the top of the GA4 interface? I've run nope. queries. <laughs> in it. It, it's, it's horrible. Do you think they'll work on improving that just to like, maybe give people a better, uh, better answers? Like, heck I'm viewing the version that was in universal analytics as better than the one that I'm seeing in GA4. Is, is, is that something? I don't like, think they I don't think they care. That's my well, personal opinion. Those answers are all cheerleading answers, anyway, aren't they? They're the best possible uh, reflection Google can give. I've yet yeah, to find Google's help helpful. Yeah, uh, it's. I really don't think Google cares. I think Google is really moving this product from a layman's tool to the professional tool, and that they really don't care about who they lose along the way. Well, in a way, that seems like a natural um, evolution, given how, um, I mean, just, just the last two years of uh, lockdowns have forced, say, e-commerce uh, e and, and, and e-tail companies to up their games. Um, you notice how the last, like, uh, year or so has been the year of my as um, you know, people move from Wix to WordPress and WordPress to say Shopify or Big Commerce or, or one of the, the, the dedicated e-commerce platforms. Um, it only seems natural that Google would be doing the same thing with their products too, eh? I think that makes sense. And you know, like sites like Shopify has a theoretically a built-in GA4 module, but if if you think GA4 sucks, 
their module sucks even more. So, but as you said earlier, it comes down to you, the store owner, or you, the um, SEO or data analyst working on behalf of the store owner. You got to GA four is kind of like a model car kit. You got to set the parameters. You got to set the expectations. You got to build the car yourself, basically. Um, or you yeah. can have this out of the box thing that sort of putters putters along. That's exactly it, and it's. Uh, yeah. So here's the here's a question, um, and, and let, let, let's assume that as the product evolves, it'll become easier for people to use, and people will become used to using it. Um, as it is now, though, how difficult will SEOs, um, relatively experienced people, how difficult will they find it to trans to transition into GA four and start using Tag Manager if they if they hadn't before? All right, so I'm going to answer that two points. One is I'm going to tell all SEOs because I get these questions all the time. But you know, my Google Search Console doesn't match what's being reported. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply in my analytics and I said <laughs> nor should it but sometimes I'm seeing huge differences and I'm doing a bit of investigation right now on one of those where so for the most part since we're all going to be as SEOs primarily concentrating on Google there's going to be a greater reliance on what's coming out of search console in terms of what pages are doing how keywords are ranking and all that lovely stuff for now understanding the quality of the traffic that you're driving it's, it is a small learning curve to set up some custom reports where before in uh, Universal Analytics, you clicked on channels, you clicked on organic search, and you had your goals defined, boom, they're there. But now you need to define your conversion points differently and set up those elements ahead of time. But it was just, I knew a lot of SEOs who didn't know how goals were being set up. The client set up the goals and without knowing how goals are actually being triggered and whether it was, you know, true sales, whether it was, the, you know, left, you know, left or right, we didn't know it's, so it's that level. Yeah. I don't know how many SEOs know regular expression for defining goals. Well, now you better know regular expression. I know I'm not, you know, it's been years since I used SQL and I'm trying to relearn SQL because that's going to become a major component for querying this data. So it is a whole new skill set we're going to have to enhance for sure. So how happy are you right now that they've moved the bar <laughs> up to a level where it's like, well, even people like like seasoned SEOs have to go, all right, this is above my pay grade, right? Like I, I can't specialize in everything. Like I, I listened to Webcology Who's that guy? Alan. I, what's his number? <laughs> right, like, yeah, how well is that? I, for you? Believe me, I'm, I'm getting calls, starting to get the calls now about GA4. Uh, it, it, it is kind of funny because I've been talking a little bit about it. I've been, you know, keep, been like many people, keep my fingers crossed. But, you know, obviously, hard, part the whole thing is with, with my clients was trying to get them to embrace GA4 ahead of time, even before the end date was. And I had a couple who agreed to do it and i'm so grateful they got it through because yes i had a learning curve with it and you know give you an idea yesterday i put up a poll on twitter and if anyone listens to this please find me on twitter and answer my poll questions because if is this is the first time you heard about ga4 
say you didn't know it was, you know, Universal was going away. But when I was shocked, and I'm querying my, my, my Twitter followers and people on LinkedIn and, and a few groups I'm in Facebook, most of it is industry friends and connections. I was still shocked that 10% didn't know that Universal Analytics was going away at, at the end of June 2023. As of July 1st, 2023, if you haven't switched over, you're, you're going to have zero data. And I know there's going to be some people out there who are going to go, why is my Google Analytics working <laughs> on that day? Uh, what is more, yeah, but nearly 30% of the people who answered the poll, and it's not a large number yet, are still thinking about what if they should switch. Really? So if you're thinking about if you should switch, are you, and I heard a few people tweet me back, oh, I'm looking at alternatives. <laughs> And so they're looking for free analytics tools that will give them basically what Universal Analytics was giving them. And so far, I haven't heard anyone say, well, I found a great replacement yet. So they're all starting to evaluate. But about a quarter of people have already implemented GA4 at some level and are learning it. So that's a good sign. Uh, my warning to any mid-sized to large company, because if you're a small guy, you can't do this on your own. And that's just the reality. One of the things, and I... I've argued with companies all the time. They like to compare. Let Show me my numbers from March 2022 to March 2021. How did I do? Well, come March, you know, or when you come to August 2023 or, and you go, oh, how did I do in July 2023 compared to July 2022? If you haven't done the switch to GA4 by July 1 of this year, you won't have that data. You're not gonna, you, you, you won't have any data to compare because I've compared running identical, you know, GA4, you know, implementations and universe. And I can see, depending on what you're measuring, I can see 10 to 20% swings yeah. in data. Well, and, and we've, been, we've been counseling listeners, like, like since um, GA4 came out. 12, 18, maybe 24 months ago, somewhere. Well, eight, it's about 18 months ago. We, we've been counseling um, um, our listeners, turn on GA4, get it enabled. You don't even got to look at it. Just get it enabled. So at least you're accruing um, historic data. Yeah. And, you know, the biggest difference I'm seeing is on user counts. Because how Google is calculating a user how it's calculating return user is completely different. And they're not disclosing 100% of how they're calculating returning visitors. I was going to ask that. I saw that differentiation, and they're very obvious that they're differentiating between new and returning visitors. And I really meant to ask you that. Yeah, I've tried digging into it from what I can tell. But I'm my guess, and this is a pure guess, and I'm try, trying to talk to people, of course, nobody at Google's revealing you know, the secret sauce, because of issues with cookies. They're still using a cookie, but they're putting some other factors in there. So I speculate they're going back to a combination of a cookie, a browser, an IP address, a and possibly certain plugins or something that exists in your regular browser to know it's you. But the trick was getting away from identifying. Well, they still want to know who, that you're unique and are returning. But one of the things that Google does encourage, and, and it doesn't apply to most businesses, is we need to have actually a user ID tracking. So for some of my clients that are e-commerce based, where a user logs in anyways to buy product, we have an, a user ID. So we started, even in Universal Analytics, we gave up on the cookie ID and started tracking users by those user IDs. So we could actually do cross-device tracking, whether they logged in on a tablet, a cell phone, or the website, we knew they were. And we were actually starting to see how many users were logging in, putting adding things to the shopping cart on their cell phones, but then logging onto the computer to finish the purchasing process. So that is something that Google's trying to build in that back end, in that black box area so that even if you haven't set up user ID tracking, somehow they're doing that and they're starting to show you more users who are using different devices to come to your site. So whether they're tracking you by your, knowing that what percentage of people are logged into their Gmail accounts, maybe they're doing something of like that in the background. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. Google was, was totally capable of um, tracking the, um, the source and medium 
of a uh, of a user along their journey. For instance, you had uh, two organic visits and a direct visit, and then you got the, then you got your conversion. Google was quite capable of doing that. So that was tracing via device that that was cookie based, yeah. But you know, tracing cross devices and seeing how the assist happens there that 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 that, that doesn't seem a stretch. No, as long as there is a unique identifier that you have when you're on your cell phone or when you're on your desktop or on your tablet, to me, given, you know, whatever, 75, 80% of people are logged into Gmail all day long, even if you don't use Gmail as your primary email, you still have a Gmail account for other reasons. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't surprise me that they're using that as part of uh, some kind of authentication factor to be able to attract people. Okay, so given that, um, and, and, and given um, if if you have a setup now with Universal Analytics, where you're doing user tracking rather than um, uh, 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 cookie based, than cookie based tracking, might that data be interoperable between Universal and GA4? With one client, it is coming in much closer because we are tracking by unique user IDs, so the. And everybody is almost a returning visitor because they're all clients. It's the, you know, they pick up a new client. It's a B2B world and they don't pick up, you know, 10 new clients an hour. They pick up maybe five new clients a month. Indeed. Uh, and those returning clients are really valuable. And they're really valuable. Uh, you know, part of what we wanted to be that client was be able to say, here are all our clients. Now, one of the things that we're going to is to do, all right, here's our client list. Which ones haven't bought in the last three months? Well, that was a really complicated thing with Universal Analytics. Now, with GA4 and the data warehouse, it's much easier to do. So it gives you an idea that there are advantages to GA4 for the big businesses. And just to confirm for listeners who aren't sure they just heard you say that, you're saying that you can say Corporation XYZ bought something in uh, October and hasn't bought something since. Correct. That's, that's directly we- identifiable. That's it because we're tracking them by a unique, not personally non-identifiable tracking code, which is when you log in, you're, they're all back-end e-commerce systems give you a, a user ID, a randomly generated number. Mm-hmm. So we, if we track you by that randomly generated number that is in you know their back-end e-commerce system, <coughs> we can always see customers. And with Universal Analytics, we couldn't do a lookup. But now by exporting, by integrating that data into the data warehouse, which also has a table of the lookup of user IDs and uh, and client names. So we have the, all of a sudden we can write a query uh, with SQL. Show, you know, go through this list of client IDs against this list from the past three months, identify any that don't show up, you know, where sales eat, is you know we're, aren't in this list, so we can do a comparison and also generate a list, and then their in-house sales team get on the phone to those customers and say, "Hey, how's it going? You haven't bought anything in a while." Before they were doing other kinds of queries, but we could also now say, "Oh, but we know that you've been logging onto our site and been looking at these products." Like they can actually start tailoring custom calls, like marketing calls, and you know, I'm not telling them that we're spying what you're doing on our website. We can generate emails and people who think, oh, that's creepy. Welcome to the world of Amazon. What do you think Amazon's been doing in the background? Right? We all know that if I checked a product out on Amazon this morning and I didn't buy it, but I spent more than X seconds on it and I go into Facebook, what ads am I going to see? Oh, yeah. Friends, if you're not part of the big data universe, you haven't been on the internet long enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> all there is and, to and, it. And, but, but that's the same thing. Is all of a sudden, we can, the client can now start customizing emails, offering them specials. That, you know, we know that they keep, they keep looking at this product, but why aren't they buying this product? So we can customize an email. We can, uh, their local internal sales rep can give them a call. Hey, you haven't bought anything. Anything you've been interested in, you know? Anything, you know, I can make a deal with you on, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're driving sales up again. So that's, you know, where GA4 is taking companies. But once again, I'm talking, you know, companies that, you know, doing $10 million of sales a month. That's, 
different than a small business who's been relying on Google Analytics and buying some, you know, spending maybe a couple thousand dollars a month on AdWords and, you know, doing, you know, $50,000 a month in, you know, new, new sales or 10,000 because they have a lifetime value when they sign up a client. It's not going to be as easy for them. And that's, you know, time for them to start trying to find another product or a different way of measuring their success. Now, and I'm, I'm sure Google would love for you to just use Google ads to measure your success and just, just trust them at, at, at what they display there. Um, oh God. Yeah. And put those conversion <laughs> points in. Yes. <laughs> um, might it like speaking to them um, or, or speaking of them, like small and medium businesses, they don't, they're not getting into data warehouses. They're not like, they just need, they need universal analytics. Would they, like, I imagine companies will be set up that their job is to basically just get that set up for them. Will Data Studio, an unsung hero as, as far as I'm concerned in reporting, will Data Studio perhaps be the anchor? Like, I know I've been playing around trying to like come up with some reports for clients and just going, you know what, I'm just going to just use Data Studio. I'll, I'll set up like what the client liked from universal analytics and I'll just create dashboards that kind of look like that as best I can and just do it in data studio instead where it makes more sense. Is that, is that going to be sort of the anchor you set up in GA4 and, and maybe report in data studio for, for smaller businesses where you could sort of template that a little better, or will there be something in GA4 that's doable where you could sort of like import dashboards or something once you've built them? Well, great question. Uh, my answer is yes, I believe it's Data Studio. You asked me, I don't know, it was about 15 minutes ago, what could Google make life easier for these small businesses? And I even then said, come up with some better templates for Data Studio and get a very simple guide. Hey, here's your data. Here's how you set the, get this working in Data Studio. That's where you'll create your dashboards. And well, maybe there's a worth. business opportunity for someone to come up with some templating system you take what you want and build your data studio report. I don't know. For, for what it's worth, I just, want to, I just want to throw this in here really quickly. Data studio is quite intuitive and uh, we urge users to get in there and screw around with it. Um, it is fascinating what you can do in data studio. Um, I love the templates and stuff. Absolutely. It makes life easier, but get used to the environment. You're going to have to anyway and break stuff in there. <laughs> you can, you can just reset it again. Um, is it, I find Data Studio phenomenal, but people got to get used to the environment. I agree, Jim. And one thing I'll tell all the listeners here, you can't break anything in Data Studio beyond a Data Studio report. Yeah, you know, you're you're in, just re reset it, remake it. Remake it. you importing data or you're, it's basically querying data from your Google Analytics or you, uh, your Universal or your GA4 account unless you get the data warehouse going, in which case you're querying the data warehouse. It's there. It's a user interface, data visualization tool. Uh, there's Tableau. There's other ones out there that you can use. And it's just a phenomenal way of consolidating. One thing you know, I used to hate in universal analytics was I saw this, but I needed to grab information from my channels report. Oh, and I had to come down here to my top events report and I needed to bring in this. And all of a sudden it's like, I'm already was creating horrible looking custom reports in Google analytics, which still didn't meet all my needs. I go into data studio and I create a beautiful dashboard where I can have a drop down menu, which could be what country do I want to report on? So I can have a list of all the countries that people are coming to my site or if I'm tracking things like regions that I'm maybe setting up a custom parameter, I could select that. Show me this by this. I got to make the data look the way I wanted it to look. Mm -hmm. That made not me just happy, but my clients happy and the people they report up to. That there was no way we could do that in universal analytics. And You're right. So it yes, is one Jim, of the... Oh, sorry. Yeah. So as Jim's saying, go in there and play datastudio.google.com. It is free. And, and play. it's fun. Oh, my God, it's fun in there. Yeah, Tableau will cost you a bundle. And there's other data visualization tools. I'm doing a mental block on some of the other ones. But it's amazing. Yeah, they do a lot more. I'm not going to tell you that they don't. But once again, it's the 80-20 rule. 80%, you know, Google 
the 80% of the stuff you want to do, you're going to get done. You know, that other 20% do you really want to spend the money on? You probably don't even need it. So go, you know, get in there, have fun, do data visualization. And I keep finding new and weird things that I pulled off in data studio. I'll tell you every time I have to come up with some creative way, somehow I figure out how to pull it off. So mm -hmm. it's there. It's funny. One of the neat little things that I, it took me forever to sort of figure out because it wasn't, I hadn't seen a thing like that in data studio. So for our listeners, when, when everything's displayed, you'll have like, I don't know, I'll, I have a report that has like genders and ages and, you know, all of that sort of like demographic information they're pulling in. And something, it took me too long, like stupidly too long to realize that it's being pulled in. And if I have like an analytics dashboard, if I just click on like this country, right, like on a, on a map or something like that, all of a sudden everything that relied on the same data point on that page updates, right? Like the pages yes. and the like, all the, the, the genders and, and ages and stuff, like all of that changes. It, it, it's a much more friendly, actually, environment once you realize how interactive. Right. If you were using universal analytics, which is something that doesn't exist in uh, as easily in Google Analytics 4, was custom segments, where I was shocked at how few people created custom segments for looking at their GA data. <laughs> yeah. But... And, and yeah, nobody was using, or so if you were using it, it's not really that easy to do in Universal uh, in GA four. Because all right, just go, just go create that over in uh, Data Studio. It's the same thing. <laughs> but for those poor people, or, or take it from me, you can go the other direction and have just far too many segments and spend all of your time scrolling or searching trying to remember how you named. Um, your oh god yeah or what you called it sometimes <laughs> yeah so. it's like oh i know i set that up back then um, and another quick warning you can get a bit over exuberant the first time you <laughs> use data studio and you could have like 16 processes in one slide don't do that <laughs> no, definitely not it will crash uh, i've done that i put too many different data sources into one report it's yeah. tempting and it's so cool to do but it yeah it just bogs everything down it does. Um, one of the things that I, I have to wonder here, because the big headache that I hit every, like, I, as I say, I'm sort of digging in now. I, I'm certainly not even anywhere near your, your skill level. I won't pretend to be. I'm like, I'm at that Dunning-Kruger, like, I'm at Mount Stupid right now in, in my, like, knowledge <laughs> level, right? Like, I'm like, oh, I, I know GA4. No, I don't. I'm about to get very sad with my knowledge, as, like, in about two more days of, of learning on it. Um, and I can, I can see that one coming. But one of the things that I'm hitting that is a pain in the butt um, is, and we talked about it a little bit earlier that you sort of have to set up everything that you want to measure. And then, then it's, then it's measured. Great idea on Google's end to, to save themselves some, some disk space. Um, do you think this is an opportunity for like CMS providers, like to go in and go, okay, your WordPress, WooCommerce, here's all the crap you need to send, you know, we'll configure it through APIs or whatnot to just like, um, you know, set that up in GA4. And we'll even provide you a dashboard that shows you the core metrics, you know, here, as opposed to relying on outsourcing it and having somebody set that all up manually for you who happens to know GA4 and Shopify or something like that. Yeah, I think that is an excellent idea. Because uh, even when you talk about Shopify, when I looked at the raw data that they're pushing to GA4, it's atrocious. And I'm working with uh, various partners of Shopify that will actually allow you to process the data differently than this straight data push to get more meaningful data coming out. You know, once again, average company doesn't care. Right. But the, the, for those who care, they don't want the cookie cutter. So yes, for somebody like WooCommerce or WordPress to come up with or someone to come up with a uh, plugin for WordPress that says, okay, put your GA4, here's some tick boxes. What do you want to track? Done. It's sent to you. And by the way, here's a data studio report for you to download a template and set up. You know, I think that's a brilliant, you know, potential for people to come up with something of that nature. Gee, if only one... Oh, go for Sorry. it, Dave. Go for it. Go. I was going to say something smart ass. You, you can ask a real question. Go yeah, for it. Yeah, of course, I don't have the programming talent, but I got to get yes on that one. Uh, oh, no. And I, I, I'm going to be smart ass uh, too here. What is with the naming conventions for events? Like, why won't they let us just name things properly? Everything yeah. needs to look like a coder built it. Um, well, why is that? <laughs> because I've worked with too many 
clients and I've been guilty of it. We're uh, giving an example. We're having a major automotive uh, manufacturer, uh, their U.S. dealership network. I, you know, we came up and we decided we're going to do things camel case and name it this way because we all on the team liked it this way. They went and brought a third party in who started coding it their own way. And all of a sudden things break. So by standardization, they're telling you, please use all lowercase, not camel case. Please separate things, not with spaces, but with underscores. All of a sudden, yes, we're all looking like coders, but that's how it is. And what drives me nuts in GA4, and I have no issue with that. I just It's just getting my head around to do it, not be the way I've been doing it, is they have a list. I think it's about 70 or 80 predefined parameters that you have to name exactly as they named. But go find that list easily. Yes, you can Google search. I have it now bookmarked, but the time it, and I keep finding other ones. So Google is horrible as always been with documentation, but understanding, you know, you know, that this is now a required parameter and it has to be written exactly like this, then you should have a link when I'm working in that, when I'm defining that in tag manager, here's your parameter. Want to see a list of predefined parameters? Click. But nope, that's not something they're going to do. They leave that for you to go to search for and try and find. Now, what, I know we're, we're sort of running up against the, the clock here, which is just awesome because we actually just skipped the news segment, jumped right in and still that I'm, I'm finding I've got more questions. I got a million than, questions than had, still, but, yeah. Um, what should people be doing now? Like we, we talked a little bit earlier about the, the sort of inability to quickly go back. We, we've sort of, it's been degraded. We never had it perfectly in universal analytics, but it, it's, it's degraded even further. We, you know, leaned on the like, don't trust or, or mention, don't trust, you know, conversion tracking. Like people don't have done conversion tracking from like somebody else and never actually looked at it <laughs> and then just relied on other people's conversion tracking, which is a disaster because I know so many horrible SEOs and PPC managers. And I'm like, why would I just blindly trust them? But, um, you know, understanding that it won't be perfect. Is there something people can do now who are like, you know what, Alan's really, really busy right now. I'm, I'm on his wait list, right? Like, but just to get things set up, at least with a baseline, like how would it like a sort of an every person go, okay, I just need to get the baseline stuff done here so that when Alan can step in, we're at least collecting something. We, we've got so, something in there. Well, I would tell people in that situation, one is go set up your if you're running universal analytics, there's a link to basically start creating a GA4 account and you're going to create what's called a data stream. I'm not going to give you the detailed instructions on it, but turn on all the op tracking options that come with it. And I'm hoping you're using Google Tag Manager already and just dump it into Google Tag Manager so at least you're collecting the basics. Then the next step, which is where I get hired in and my team gets hired in, we now go in and we look at what you currently have set up in Tag Managers, what you're tracking. We basically sit down, do we really need to track this? Yes or no? And if yes, we port that over. So a lot of the work that has been done in Google Tag Manager, this is creating custom variables and triggers. We don't have to change those. We just have to create the GA4 events and name them accordingly. And we can use even if your naming uh, convention for your variables is doesn't match what Google recommends, that doesn't matter. It's how we put it into your code uh, in what's called naming the parameter. So get at least get GTM installed on your site, get your root data stream set up. So you're capturing at least the basic information. And that way you at least have users sources that people are coming in and you can start seeing that kind of difference. And then, start figuring out what do I really care about from all this data that I had in universal analytics, create a, you know, a list of what is important to me, you know, rank them one through 10. And then when you sit down with someone like myself, we'll sit there going doable, doable, not doable. And if it's not doable, what can we come up with as an alternative? And then it makes it easier to go in and implement it. Okay. So for, for what we got, we got like, 
one minute left. So it is really quick. Okay. <laughs> when, it, when it is time for, for, for companies to contact you and your team, how do they do it? What's the easiest way to get a hold of you and get you on the case? Uh, they, you know, go to my website, connectology.com, fill in the contact form, uh, or find me on Twitter and send me a message. You know, the phone number is on the company website, connectology.com. Just get us a call, get in touch with us. We're there. We can help you out. Okay. And uh, for, for listeners, that's K-N-E-C-H-T-O-L-O-G-Y. O-L-O-G-Y.com. K-N-E-C-H-T-O-L-O-G-Y. Never trust the media. <laughs> <laughs> Never trust the media. <laughs> the art of connecting. try so hard. The art of connecting. With <laughs> the art of connecting. Uh, yes. Alan, thank you so much for spending time with us. The whole hour answering questions on GA4. Man, thank you so much for, for coming on today. Our pleasure. I, I and there, if those who are interested, there is, you know, a couple, you know, f- Facebook groups that really do focus on it. There's one called Google Analytics, Google Tag Manager, Optimization Data Studio. Search it. You will find it. Lots of people asking questions about GA4 and lots of people in there answering it. So, just find one of the Google Analytics Facebook groups and you'll get uh, a lot of your basic questions answered there. Brilliant. Friends, we got to go. We have gone full clock and they've got another show coming up right behind us in the studio. So uh, you've been listening to Webcology, recorded live to podcast on the 31st of March, 2022. Uh, stay well, be safe, keep wearing masks, get yourself vaccinated, rank well, be kind to each other. We'll talk to you next week. expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.